3: This is the California Report. I'm Laura Clivens in San Francisco. Kaiser Permanente could be hit by multiple statewide labor strikes beginning Monday. Thousands of the company's healthcare workers in California are threatening to walk off the job
4: over contract talks. KQED's Tara Seiler reports. You might need a chart to keep track of all the labor strife facing Kaiser right now. Engineers in charge of building systems are already striking, and Kaiser pharmacists in Northern California have scheduled a week-long walkout starting Monday. Meanwhile, more than 30,000 Kaiser healthcare workers are set to strike across three states. Southern California would feel the impact of that.
0: It's massive in its scope. It impact literally hundreds of facilities throughout California.
4: Kent Wong, director of the UCLA Labor Center, says given staffing shortages, healthcare workers have significant negotiating power.
0: They have been on the front lines of the pandemic. Many hospital workers have contracted the virus and died as a consequence to exposure on the job.
4: The key sticking points in this contract are over compensation and a proposed two-tier system.
5: There's an inequality to that.
4: Douglas Wong is a physician's assistant at Kaiser Riverside.
5: Eventually, that lower tier will become embittered towards a lot of their coworkers in terms of how come they're doing the same work and making 25, 26 percent less.
4: In a statement, Kaiser said it is trying to address the increasingly unaffordable cost of health care and the fact that wages and benefits account for half its operating costs. For the California Report, I'm Tara Seiler.
3: It's been over a week since kids ages 5 to 11 have become eligible for the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. And here in California, nearly 150,000 have already received their first dose. Of the counties that are reporting vaccination rates for this age group, Marin and Santa Clara are leading the way, with 13% of children already vaccinated. But many rural and Central Valley counties are showing less than a 1% vaccination rate for this age group. The COP26 climate summit in Glasgow comes to an end today, and the clock is ticking on an agreement on emissions cuts. To learn what the conference outcomes could mean for California, I spoke with Violet Saena who heads the Bay Area nonprofit Climate Resilient Communities and is the former minister of the environment of her native Samoa. I also spoke to Mark Hertzgard, who leads Covering Climate Now, an organization helping newsrooms more accurately cover climate change. I started by asking Mark his main takeaway, which he answered from a conference room in Glasgow.
0: I've been here for uh, the final week of the conference. This is the week when... Uh, All of the negotiations come down to the end and we end up either with a text or not. And we will see if that text does what the primary goal of this conference is, which is to, as they say, keep 1.5 alive. And by that, the organizers of the conference mean keep the goal of 1.5 degrees Celsius of additional temperature rise over the pre-industrial era. How
3: will big ideas at COP26 impact people in California, particularly people who are already facing existing inequalities, like housing issues or income disparities?
5: The fight for climate justice is global and local, right? COP26 emphasized the importance of doing everything at once. So people within the climate change movement, you know, we have been bogged down like all these false, to me, dichotomies: Should we act locally or globally? individually or collectively should we adapt or mitigate. I think COP26 and the latest IPCC report show we have no choice but to do everything at once. So we must work locally while never losing sight of the global fight for justice and the role that we play in it. So we must act individually to help build power collectively and we must adapt to the changes that will come you know, where the COP stands, you know, I, I see how these frontline countries, the least developed countries, the small island developing states, or what they are fighting for is very similar to what here in California are also trying to fight for, especially the communities of color that are highly impacted. We need the resources, we need adaptation funding to go to those communities who need to be prepared and respond to the uncertainties that climate change comes with.
3: Mark, what are your thoughts on how big ideas at COP26 impact people in California, particularly people who are already facing existing inequities?
0: The most important thing for California here at COP26 in Glasgow is that the state of California has joined the Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance. That's a new grouping of states uh, spearheaded by Costa Rica and Denmark who are committing to no longer producing oil, gas, going forward. And this is very significant. For many years, these agreements at uh, both Paris Agreement and previous, have never even mentioned the words fossil fuels, which is crazy in a way, because fossil fuels are the reason for climate change in the first place. This Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance is not part of uh, the Glasgow text, but it is a very significant, I think, Uh, They're calling it the first movers club because this is where the world has to go. We have got to eliminate the use of fossil fuels. That's, in in a sense, the big question facing COP26. And so California is taking a lead in that direction. I think Governor Newsom was, frankly, pushed very hard by the grassroots activists in California who've been pressing him a long time to uh, limit fracking, to stop the approval of new oil and gas drilling statewide. And this is a big step in that direction.
3: That was Mark Hertzgard of Covering Climate Now and Violet Saena, Executive Director of Climate Resilient Communities. There was a significant increase in hate crimes in Los Angeles County in 2020, mainly fueled by racially motivated attacks. That's according to the annual crime report released this week by the L.A. County Commission on Human Relations. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi has the details.
5: A total of 635 hate crimes were reported in 2020. That's an increase of 20% from the previous year and the largest number since 2008. Robin Toma is Executive Director of the LA County Commission on Human Relations. The 20% increase in hate crimes was largely due to a shocking 53% spike in racial hate crimes, which we include hate crimes motivated by race, ethnicity, or national origin. Crimes targeting African Americans, Latinos, Latinas, whites, and Asians all rose dramatically. This is the largest numeric and percentage increase since 2003. Hate crimes against Asians rose 76% last year, while crimes against Latinos spiked 58%. Hate crimes against Black people rose 35%. The numbers coincide with a state and national trend of rising reports of hate crimes in 2020. Antoma says the figures in L.A. County Only tell part of the story, as many crimes go unreported. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi.
3: Meanwhile, in San Diego County, the Board of Supervisors has adopted a new policy aimed at limiting threatening or racist speech during periods of public comment. The changes come after a speaker used racial slurs to attack County Public Health Director Dr. Wilma Wooten during last week's board meeting. In recent months, the board has been inundated with speakers using threatening or abusive language. Supervisor Nora Vargas says she hopes the new rules will create a more respectful environment.
5: We're trying to make sure that we allow for everyone to have access and to have the opportunity to bring their points across. I think what has happened in our chambers has really deterred so many folks from engaging in public discourse, discourse for fear of harassment?
3: Along with prohibiting threatening language, the new rules also limit the amount of time people can speak. Supervisor Joel Anderson was the only no vote, saying he was concerned this would limit public input at meetings. Workers in practically every sector seem to be in short supply these days. And with Christmas season around the corner, you can add Santa to that list. as KCRW's Matt Gillum reports,
0: there's a clause crunch. Kris Kringles are in high demand as we approach a holiday season that will be a little more holly jolly than 2020. But supplies of St. Nick's are limited. The head elf at the very narrowly targeted staffing agency Hire Santa says requests for the man with the bag are up 121% from last year's pandemic-depressed low. However, the number of professional Santas has gone down by 15%. Working Kris Kringles know they're a hot commodity this year, and that's led to higher rates for personal appearances. A vice president at the Orange County-based Santa for Hire says among the St. Nick's he works with, the going rate for a gig is anywhere from $175 to $300 an hour. He says Santas have upped their rates by about 50 bucks. For The California Report, I'm Matt Gillum.
3: And now for a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, a collection of stories, all featuring women who take chances on love, fame, and bodily injury.
4: My name is Cheryl Hyland, from Hawthorne, California, also known as the Queen of Destruction at Irwindale Speedway. That one, this one, they all have check engine lights still on them, because these literally come from the junkyard.
1: Except, uh, you know, you also have giant eyelashes on the front of your...
4: That's my, that's my, as you can see, I have them. That's my signature.
1: Each car is decked out with the driver's personalized touches. They look like small discount parade floats.
2: My name's Becca Doyle. I am from Ventura, which is just a few hours up the coast. We get to paint them however we want to. Uh, That's always my favorite part, is decorating them. I like to put a little sparkle on my cars. And then we just go out and destroy them.
1: There's a Buick Century painted up like a cop car. It says Party Patrol on the side, with big red beer pong solo cups stuck on the roof. There's also a car with a furry life-sized unicorn head mounted on the roof. It all seems like part performance art, part Viking funeral.
2: I always think it's really funny that somebody went to the car lot and bought this car brand new, really excited. They got their brand new car and they have no idea this is the send-off it's gonna get. It's gonna get crushed and people are gonna watch it and they probably had great memories in this car. It's gonna get one hell of a send-off. My name is Nicole Emma and I'm from Burbank, California, born and raised, and I'm here, my second derby, try and win it this time.
1: What made you want to start doing this?
3: I ran out of other crazy stuff to do. <laughs> I'm not married, no kids. All the times you want to just slam into people on the freeways, you can do it here. So It's a lot of aggression getting released. When cars the
0: to dry That means more traction.
2: In 2019, I was on the 101 freeway and I was in dead stop traffic. And a car never stopped, never saw the traffic and he hit the rear end of my car going 50 miles an hour. And that left me with substantial injuries, but it also left me with very severe PTSD in cars.
1: Doyle tried talk therapy, she tried anti-anxiety meds, then she had a breakthrough idea, demolition derby.
3: To hear the full Derby Divas story, tune into this week's California Report magazine on your public radio station or listen to the California Report magazine podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, November 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Jim Bennett, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Holly J. McDeed and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tovin-Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Laura Clivens. Thanks for listening.
5: Support for the California Report comes from Real California Milk, reminding listeners to take three simple steps to recycle gallon milk jugs. Pour it, cap it, bin it.
3: Learn more at RecycleTheJug.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com and the California Healthcare Foundation working to build a more effective, compassionate and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org/health-equity. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious Book.
5: Dot org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
3: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
5: I
4: love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California.